I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning. We are taking your calls at 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Our next texter, Ton, is saying that they put down four inches of bark mulch around a tree that was planted in March, but bindweed has now invaded that mulch, and they want to know what your recommendations are. Well, I, you know, you hate to spray right around the trunk of a tree, but... Something along the lines of the uh, image all-in-one lawn weed control that we've been talking about a lot. I want to hit bindweed next week as a topic. Okay. But spraying that would be their best option or something even if they just want to knock it back. Glyphosate, but the image all-in-one lawn weed killer would be better. That won't hurt the tree? No, as long as they, it's, reg, there's nothing in the label, at least I reviewed it a few months ago, saying you can't, it restricts you from spraying around trees and things, mm-hmm. but they must review the label because those labels can change at any time. Okay, next listener says, their big 45-year-old pine tree is dropping needles, and one side especially looks dry. Uh, they started giving it daily soaks. Any suggestions? Don't give it daily soaks. That's probably making the situation worse. They need to give it weekly soaks so that water penetrates at least 18 inches into the soil. If it was unwatered for years and it's finally showing signs of drought stress, Mm -hmm. they may not be able to bring it out. But they also need to take some samples to their local extension office to have them looked at for pine needle scale. And there's a few versions of it out there. But that's the first thing I would do is find some yellowing needles and get them over to their local extension office so that they can be looked at under a scope. Okay. Lindy is in Draper. Good morning, Lindy. What was your question? Good morning. We have our park strips. We had have sugar maples in them. They're about 25 years old. And we have there escaped it now, and we have rocks. And so in the process of doing that, the trees were without rock, without water for about two weeks. So I'm wondering... How often should I initially water them in order because they've been had no water? And then what schedule should I have them on with the drip system? Throughout the summer, I would water them weekly, but so that water you're going to need not to just water at the base, but you have to have drip under the entire canopy of the tree. And so that would mean every few years you're expanding the drip. So Mm -hmm. that you can keep up with it. But I would water it so that the drip 
was not just what's called point source. So you have a bubbler here, bubbler there, but you're using inline drip so that you have a drip emitter about every foot to 18 inches and you're mm-hmm. watering under the entire canopy. And so you're going to run that weekly to maybe every 10 days if they're established so that water penetrates the soil 24 inches. So would that be like I can't tell you a time. No. I can't okay. tell we you have a time. Clay soil. And so you may have to run it for a half hour, 40 minutes, and then okay. wait 12 hours, run it again, wait 12 hours, run it again, so that that water can slowly soak in. And so what you right. do after an initial run of, say, 45 minutes, you go out the next day near an emitter and get a screwdriver, or you might have to purchase a piece of rebar, which is only 3 or $4 from Home Depot, and shove it into the soil and see how far that water penetrated and then you can kind of gauge from there how long you'll need to run or how many times to get it 18 to 24 inches every week to 10 days to keep those trees healthy okay all right thank you yep is an interim solution you can hook up a hose in sprinkler and just Mm -hmm. run it uh under the canopy of the tree moving it around every 45 minutes or so just until you get things figured out Right, yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Lindy, thanks for your call this morning. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open. And, Ton, I just wanted to go back to bindweed for a second. That it, that topic came up, and you jumped up and said, we need to make that a feature next week. What's going on with bindweed right now? Oh, it's just always a problem. It no is matter always what. a problem. You know, it's... But this is when people seem to notice it more. It is because it's at its worst right now. And within the next three or four weeks, it's going to start to go dormant and draw a lot of nutrients and carbohydrates from the leaves down into the roots. And if you can spray in sometime mid-September to early October, you will do a lot better at killing it and damaging it so it doesn't recover very well during that period of time than any other time of the year. Yeah, and I want to point anyone who is experiencing big problems with bindweed to the videos that you've done. You've done a couple of really great videos, one talking about bindweed in your lawn, uh, the other one talking about bindweed in the flower beds, and they are not treated the same. They are not. And, it, you know, a lot of the recommendations for flower beds are different, for gardens are different, and for lawns are different. And so we'll cover all of these, and we may have to do it in a a couple of different top-of-the-hour right? segments. Right. Okay. But, but for those folks suffering right now who want to get on that right now, uh, check out those videos. You can find the Greenhouse videos, KSL Greenhouse Show. You can find them on YouTube. You can also go to our Facebook page, and you can scroll through our videos if you want. But sometimes going to YouTube is just a little bit easier. We're coming back with your calls and questions. Number to call, 801-575-8255. Text us, 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. 
And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you this morning. 801-575-8255, the number to call. Or you can text us at 57500. Let's go to Jay, who is in Murray. Good morning, Jay. What was your question? Uh, I've actually got two questions. I thought of one as I was waiting. But the first one was about a peach tree I've got. It's two years old. We water it twice a week for about 30 minutes a time. But we're just getting small, really small peaches. Is there a way to get those any size out of those in the future? In the future, yes. But right now, no. It's too far into the season. Yeah, in the fall. Yeah. And so if the people that are getting near average size peaches thin them to every six inches to foot on the branch. Because it's just been a tough year. And I think the peaches in general took winter damage, even though it may not be visible. And that's another problem to where they may not be able to transport enough sugar and carbohydrates into the fruit. And this is Wasatch Front wide. You know, it's nothing isolated to you. And so also when you're watering twice a week for 30 minutes, is that just with lawn sprinklers? Yeah, it's just a lawn sprinkler, and it's right next to the tree. Well, you need to maybe a couple times a month get a hose-in sprinkler and just run it under the canopy of the tree in addition to your lawn sprinkler to drive water more deeply, and that may help out too. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll, have to, we'll definitely try that one. My second question is raspberry bushes. I've got them in my lawn. How do I get them out? Uh, <laughs> That's, no laughing. That's just kind of what oh. they do um, for the good raspberries. They're quite invasive. Oh, and anything you spray, if you do a lawn weed killer, you run the risk of killing the patch because they're connected by roots. And so there's really not much besides mowing them or clipping them and then using a product like sucker stopper or there's some competition out there and you spray every you clip and spray that might slow them down but it's recommended usually having at least a six foot separation between your raspberries and the lawn but i personally yeah i i actually understand your pain because when i lived at a certain house um I lived in Clearfield. My neighbors had a raspberry patch along the fence, and I had them 10 feet into my lawn, and there was nothing I could do. But That's just us. They're coming from the neighbor on the other side of the fence. So I, I would probably need to do some more research. There may be some products out there that you can spray on your lawn that are called mm-hmm. desiccants that would just burn them and not be uh, what they wouldn't be systemic, but I, when you get into stuff like that, it's really hard because it would also scorch your lawn. And there's very few things out there that would just scorch broadleaves. but I've been wanting to look more into it. And that's kind of, if I find anything, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome. Um, 
I was going to say, do I have time for one more, or are we cutting it close? We are actually cutting it close, Jay. We've got a couple people right. waiting and have two minutes before the top of the hour here. So thank you for so your we'll, call this morning. No worries. We'll, talk, we'll call again next week. Great. We appreciate you. Uh, next Absolutely. Person have to, a great one. You too. Tom, next person wants to know, when do you prune your fruit, tr- fruit tree, specifically a cherry? In mid-March. Uh, the apples and pears in mid-February do not do any major pruning right now because it can do a lot of damage to the trees. All right. Let's squeeze in Blair here. Good morning, Blair. What was your question this morning? My question is about tomatoes that don't ripen. I've got lots of green tomatoes. I'm living in the Sugar House area, and I've got Celebrity Plus tomatoes, and they're nice and big and green, and they just don't turn red. They eventually will, but if you wanted to... You could pick two or three of them and bring them inside and buy some bananas and then put them in a paper bag and with two or three bananas and just seal them in there for 24 to 36 hours. And you don't want them brown, but ripe bananas, not the green ones, but the ripe bananas are better. And what you're basically doing is gassing them with ethylene that's a natural product from the bananas and then put the tomatoes Still sealed, take the bananas out, but still sealed in the sack and just put them somewhere kind of, you don't need them in the sun, but just leave them in that sack for about four or five days. And that should cause them to turn red. So at least you have something for a sandwich or a salad. It just needs some cooler temperatures, right? Yes. Temperatures in the mid eighties during the day in the mid fifties at night cause those toma- tomatoes to ripen. All right. Thanks Blair for your call. Thanks very much. You bet. Let's get Susan in here very quickly. Good morning, Susan. What was your question this morning? Ah, yes. I have a peach tree, and I didn't thin it well enough. And the branch that the peaches were on broke halfway. Do I cut that? I took all the peaches off that one branch, and I'm letting them ripen. When do I cut that limb? Now or? If it's not going to be able to support peaches in the future, I would just go ahead and cut it off. Uh, what will happen, it just will be, and then you, it would take some work, but next year and the years following, you would take a new branch that comes off of where you stub cut it and just kind of bend it in the direction you want it to grow and see if you can regrow that branch that way. But I hesitate pruning this time of year, but if it's already broken, it just gives you an opportunity to introduce diseases and stuff into that tree. And it would be better just to cut it back to the next branch you can find. We just have 30 seconds here, Ton, but will the the fruit that's already on that branch, will it ripen up? Or It would have it... ripened, and I probably would have just stilted it up with some two-by-fours if possible, and it would have ripened. But it won't ripen now that the tree no. branch is broken off? No. All right. We're going to take a break, come back with more of your calls and questions, and the number to call, 801-575-8255. You can always text us your questions at 57500. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. 